Drake say, congratulations, all your light skin baby. Right? Because it's all light. Every layer is light, but then they're little chocolate bits to remind them, you're still a nigga. Like, so like, I can see it. Hi, I'm Doyen. And this is Chris. And this is Poor Life Decisions. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. And we're starting off today with our dear sis Kelly from Insecure. But we're, we're going to get to Insecure later. We, we're going to get there, just not yet. How are you doing this fine evening, Doyen? Um, I'm doing just fine. How are you? What are you- I'm pretty good. What are you drinking this evening? Okay, so ever since, like, let's say late August, it's been falling my head, but not outside in Texas. So um, I'm a big beer fan, but also this is the magical time of the year where there's pumpkin beer up until um, Halloween. So I have to say, did you say pumpkin beer? Yes, pumpkin beer. Now you know I'm pumpkin basic. <laughs> Don't even give me too much. <laughs> okay, okay. What so, does pumpkin beer taste like? Is it sweet? No, it's still beer. It's just pumpkiny. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you keep the pumpkin beer. It's fine. Like you know, everybody's not called to that ministry, but I am. <laughs> I am, you know, I tried a pumpkin spice latte because I got tired of hearing about it and I do not care for it. It just tastes like warm nothing. Again, everybody's not in the pumpkin (laughs) ministry. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm going to stick to my um, watered down margarita. I uh, whipped up a batch a little too early and so the ice is kind of melted, but it's all good. It's all good. Shout out to UFO for this delicious pumpkin beer. UFO? That's the store? That's the brand? That's the brand. Oh. I learned so many things. So many things from the young ones. Like, just read this. Well, I'll read this to you. It says, real pumpkin, seasonal spices, and fresh from the patch flavor. I love that so much. (laughs) What are are seasonal spices? What are seasonal Uh, spices? I don't know know not one spice that's not available year-round. Seasonal spices? It's a spice you drink during the season. It's just okay. Cinnamon. Okay. You know, now because you've mentioned it, now I'm going to have to try to find it and try it. So I'm not Don't waste your money. I'm not even going to, you're not going to be <laughs> mad at me if you don't like pumpkin spice beer. Okay. Okay. So um, we're going to kick things off this week and. <laughs> Oh, so now was it last week that I was just bragging on Cat Williams uh, yeah. for his performance? Yeah, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then he turned around this week and he got on the radio. Now, there are two different Cat Williams stories going around. I don't really care that much about the whole incident with him and Radio Lady because I, I, I just don't care about that. I thought it was funny. And also, I feel like she's a comic, too, or supposed to be a comedic personality. So if you can dish it, you need to be able to take it. So I'm not really talking about that. But he got on the radio show. Go ahead. 
She would think that was hilarious. She it thought was she was up for his time. She, she thought she wasn't gonna get dragged, and then she got dragged, and then she got her husband to run up on cat. He said that he has been called to the jailhouse multiple times and not been convicted of anything. You're not gonna I be his first. Hollered. <laughs> I hollered when she tried to call him a felon. He was like, "No, ma'am, no convictions." <laughs> It's a difference between jail and prison. I was like, what? <laughs> a difference, okay. So, uh, but anyway, he went on to say that Tiffany Haddish is not a real comic because she has never done a tour and you can't name your favorite Tiffany joke. You can't tell me your favorite Tiffany Haddish joke. Why? Because she ain't done a tour yet. Uh-huh. She ain't done a special. She has not proven the ability to tell jokes back to back for an hour to nobody. And they are already ready to down Monique and up somebody who has showed them Girls Trip. Did you think she wrote Girls Trip goofball? Right. Or do you think that was already a script and they handed it to her? It is up to you. No, she hasn't done like a stadium tour like he has, but I mean, she's, I've seen her on television as a comic before I ever saw her in Girls Trip. When Girls Trip came out, I knew who Tiffany Haddish was. And so, and maybe that's just because, you know, I like obscure comedic stand-up mm-hmm. shows. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But what, did you know who she was before Girls Trip? No, but I think it's also kind of that whole, it's that generational divide. Not like I'm sure know how Cat old Cat Williams was, but it's like when they were coming Wait, up. Did you say you didn't know who Cat Williams was? I said I didn't know how old he was. Oh, I know okay. who Cat Williams was. Okay. Huge fan of Friday After Next. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. You own, you own the whole series. I forgot. The whole trilogy. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I think it's just because, you know, how they had to come up versus how people come up nowadays is so different that they just don't feel like it's legit. And at the end of the day, you know, she is the what's hot now. Yeah. Well, since he made those remarks, he did apologize to her at the Emmys. And it appears that he bowed down and kissed her feet, and she seems to have forgiven him. So, I'll with it. it. <laughs> well, I, and I don't know if somebody, you know, pointed out to him how he how he came across or whatever. I don't yeah. know, but I am glad that he apologized to her and don't take her achievements away from her just because she didn't get it the way you got yours. That he did, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Tiffany Haddish is not my favorite, but yeah. at the same time, like, I don't take from, like, I admit that she has skills. Yeah. And I don't take from people who like her. I'm not about here trying to, like, tell everybody not to like her. Yeah. These sometimes it goes back to it costs you nothing to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, next in the headlines this week, or at least for me, next in the headlines. So we know Rihanna shuts it down every time she comes to town. 
But old boy Mark Jacobs decided to get upset because so Rihanna closed down this particular Fashion Week show and um in, in New York. And Mark Jacobs is usually the one who ends it. But this year they chose Rihanna with her Savage Fenty. And so Mark's so apparently it is very clear that I've never been to any fashion week, let alone New York Fashion Week, because I thought that I mean, I realized it was like multiple stages and, you know, multiple houses and things like that. But I guess I thought that for a major show, it was one time slot for one show and then another time slot for the next show. And they're all on this one grand stage. Like one show comes through, it ends and the next show begins. But clearly that's not how it works. So when uh, Mark Jacobs is on his stage and he holds his show back so that they run later and they run into Rihanna's show. But <laughs> no, the Rihanna Navy was not having it. They said everybody was like peace and left the Mark Jacobs show and went over to the Rihanna show because they needed to see Fenty on time when it started and not be late and not miss a thing because that's what Rihanna does. Well, also, I love that she just had so much inclusivity. One of her models was, like, pregnant and, like, almost had the baby on stage. Just, you know, wanted well, to show y'all this pregnant belly in her fancy savage. She later on, baby. She <laughs> on tweeted that she actually was in labor, like, yeah. during the... And I was like, oh, my God. How but, when, but when Rihanna calls you to walk, That's you right. walk, no matter That's what's right. happening with you. Oh, God. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> but also, um, in other news about Rihanna, I she was being interviewed about Childish Gambino's new movie thing they're doing together. Mm-hmm. And they pulled up a clip of her bringing out a camcorder at his show. And I just want you to know that as my friend, I need you to have a camcorder yes. next time we together yes, so you can boost me up. With yes, ma'am. Camcorder. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I will be ready. I will be ready. <laughs> That's why we love Rihanna. That's why we love Rihanna. She's so she's so authentic. She's so unapologetically herself. And at the end of the day, Mark Jacob apologized because he knew people weren't having it. Exactly. Um, I don't think he was like, it was out of love. I think he was being really petty. But I'm yeah. like, if anybody wants to boycott Mark Jacob, I'm okay because I can't afford his stuff anyways. So that'd be a super easy boycott. Easy. <laughs> so what do you have now for current events this week? I don't want to take over. Um, so this past weekend I went or not weekend, last Thursday, I went to the on the run tour. Oh yay. And it was in New Orleans. Um, this is the second time I actually went to on the run tour. It was I'll say it was beautiful. Like I think it was well produced. Um, I want to ask. I want to ask a question before we get into the beauty that is Beyonce. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask a question about the opening. So, were you there for the opening acts? Um, I showed up sometime during Hallie and Chloe. Did you get to see DJ Khaled? Yes. Okay. So this is this is my question because. I saw a clip on Instagram and 
I, I hope that I'm just mistaken and that things really didn't go down that way or that the clip is just too short to show what really happened. But so he opens his set with in my feelings, which is fine. That's fine. That's fine. But then he goes into uh, Biggie next, I think, which is fine. Again, I, I love Biggie. And then the next song he goes into is a DMX song, which is also fine. Wonderful. I love DMX. But I can't help but think, do you not know you're in New Orleans? So yeah. did he, you're playing all this. I mean, I so when the big eclipse started, I was expecting, okay, okay, he's going to bounce out one more chance. You know, <laughs> I don't even remember that was what the song was. But I was thinking, okay, he's going to bounce this out. And he didn't. And then he moved into the next song. And I thought, well, wait a minute. And, you know, it really bothered me as a Southerner even though I'm not from New Orleans, but it bothered me because I felt like, okay, so you're a legit DJ. So are you going to pretend like you don't know where you are? A and B, you really are from New Orleans, even though you don't really claim that that's where you're from. So is that true? Is that how it went? Or did he finally get into the right groove of things? Um, so one of the things that I noticed was he, he played like back that ass up for like, 10 seconds like more than 10 seconds but it just re- was really really um just really really short and so like even like if you gonna play drake why wouldn't you play right like, what's the song that he had took bounce music from uh well um nice for what nice like, for what but I don't know I'm not I'm never really super excited about DJ Khaled opening up for Beyonce um, I didn't really care for it in Dallas. Um, but even though Dallas had like more local acts, I think he brought up one local act. It was somebody no. with a name homie. No, see, I expected local. I mean, you know, yeah. everybody knows New Orleans has a whole sound of its own, and yeah. everybody knows New Orleans will take a regular slow song. There's a stranger in my house and bounce it out. And it's the best thing you've ever heard. And a I bounce is like legit. <laughs> right. So I couldn't understand why he didn't do that. But anyway, carry on and bless us with your Beyonce experience. Um, so it was, it was very Jay-Z heavy. Um, <laughs> he laughing. <laughs> I've been fighting on Facebook with people, but at the end of the day, it's like legit. I just wanted more Beyonce. And this wasn't the place or opportunity where I was going to get it. And I kind of knew that going in, but I still wish I had more Beyonce. Um, she seemed rather chill. Like a lot of times, like, I think it's just, you know, she's getting older or whatever. But like when Jay-Z would be dancing, she's just like rocking in the background and stuff like that. Um, she played pieces of like the stuff she usually does, like Diva. Um, okay. Countdown. The funny thing is, you know how she usually like does partition. You may not know. So usually on partition. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is that is that is that Beyonce shade? Is that is that is that shade? Because I have not seen the Queen Bee live. Is that shade? I felt I felt yeah. I felt I felt breeze. Okay. Your beehive application is uh-huh. pending. Uh-huh. But anyways, okay, okay. you know what? I will I will accept pending, long as you don't take it out the tray. 
Um, but like usually our impartation, and she did it in the music video as well. She has this t- chair that she like flips on. And she's it's called a chase. The flippy chair. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's done it ever since, you know, the self-title came out. And this mm-hmm. time around, she didn't. And I think wow. it is kind of like, you know, it, sh- it just wasn't as physical as her previous tours. But mm. at the end of the day, she was perfect, and I love her. Good. I'm happy. JC's quite, it's just adorable to me with the little fro. Sure. <laughs> sure. Anyways, you know, I always got to, uh, moving on from On the Run. I always got to, you know, slip a little politics in because that's who I am. Go ahead. <laughs> so what do you think about this lady that just came forward about Brett Kavanaugh, who um, is up for nominee in the Supreme Court? Um, I feel a lot of frustration and I keep telling myself, which is really bad, like we should not get to a point where we're apathetic, but... I keep telling myself, girl, why are you worried about it? They don't care about you. They want this man to be on Supreme Court, so he's going to be on Supreme Court. So nothing is going to matter. But I guess my main thing is just how they don't care if he's guilty, and they've made that known. And what you keep hearing over and over again they keep saying, well, are we going to hold him accountable for something that happened when he was a teenager? Are we going to hold him accountable for something that happened in high school? And, you know, but every time something happens with young black teens, there are to be treated, they are to be treated as adults. But, you know, we're expected to be adults. If something happens, if I'm shot dead in the street, you're probably going to hear first about how much liquor was in my refrigerator or about what else may have been in my house before you hear about me as the person. So it really frustrates me to hear them want to, um, quite frankly, humanize him when our children aren't given the same thing because our children are big bad wolves and are to be treated as adults when they make mistakes. But even like, because you've seen like the Anita Hill HBO yeah, and so like I know to some extent like they literally was just like we're not listening to this girl whatsoever so mm-hmm. even the fact that they're listening is nice but I don't think it's gonna stop anybody and from then, nominating him and then too I go on to to think about because I did think about that whole Anita Hill um case that came up at that time and it it made me think you know how we just weren't very well. I, when I say we, I'm speaking of the people that I knew at that time. We just were not very nice about the situation when it came to her, and we were just very wrong. Now I was a little girl, but I remember the adult women, adult women in my life, being like, "Well, you know, he may have done it, but she don't need to mess with that black man's job, and that's his job, and she don't need to mess with his job." And as a little girl, I thought. That's right, because they don't need to mess with that black man job. And, and then when we when the when the HBO special came on and I watched it, I felt horrible. I felt so horrible because I was like, the burden that you just have to carry as a woman at all times. 
Like, no, forget his job. This woman has been violated and she spoke out and she's being punished for doing so. And I think that for them to insinuate that uh, Dr. Ford, Dr. Christine Ford, the lady who's come out against uh, Kavanaugh to insinuate that she has some kind of ulterior motive. What motive? Her her life is never going to be the same after this. And she knows it. She knows it. Yeah, even um, I listened to this podcast called uh, Slow Burn. And the second season is talking about Monica Lewinsky. And I mean, listening to it now, literally, I'm four years older than Monica Lewinsky was at that time. And she was literally used as a pawn to bring Bill down. And just having a new sympathy for these women is just. Yes. Thank God for growth. Thank God for growth. Drag her for this. And she was 26 years old. Like, she's been in hiding for the rest of her life almost over this. Did you listen to the most recent episode? Not yet. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. (laughs) We'll talk (laughs) about that later. But I think you're going to, I think you're going to be even more upset with how she was treated. But you listen to the the newest episode. Okay. On to happy news. <laughs> First, uh, the Duchess of Sussex, formerly yes. known as Meghan Markle, is yeah. coming out with a cookbook, and I so love it because it's just it's about like diversity and women and cooking, and I'm just super excited about it. I saw um, I saw Serena's tweet about it and I looked well actually no I think this may have been on Instagram where I saw pictures from the book yeah and I thought oh that stuff looks complicated <laughs> I <ain't gonna> yeah. <laughs> it didn't look like something I could whip together quickly <laughs> I can at least put it in my shelf I'm not saying I'm gonna kick it but hey <laughs> <laughs> um another super great thing I'm excited about is Remy and Papoose are getting their own reality show on BH1. I love Remy and Papoose. I just love how much Papoose, like, boosts her up. Like, yes. <laughs> I really... I, I was expecting a show right after the wedding special, but I guess they wanted to take their time and do it mm-hmm. right. I'm excited. Yeah. I was a little scared. I think my mind first went to, like, Rashida and Kirk. But at the end of the day, Kirk is a trash. So Kirk is a jerk. Okay. But um, who was it? You know, Tamla Mann and her husband, I forgot his name right now. They have a really great reality show where it's legit, just like their family being chill, a little bit weird sometimes. Uh, Still having fights, but it's not like juicy gossip. They ain't fighting. Nobody's punching each other. So I feel like uh, a strong relationship can occur on a TV show and people yeah. still watch it and it doesn't have to be manufactured drama. So I'm hoping that is the case for them. Yeah, I hope so too. We're ready to see the Mackies. Uh, and the Golden Child. I'm so excited about the Golden Child. <laughs> I'm so excited about the Golden Child too. And oh, straight up, Remy needs to teach me how to do her like her poses, her angles, because I mean, I'm not pregnant, but sometimes I look it, and the way she, like, she can hit those angles 
perfectly and it's like no belly then she and she turns to the side it's like bam <laughs> yeah i i try my hardest but you know i could always use help <laughs> okay so is that all for current events are we are we yeah. done okay so done with current events and we're gonna move on so Last week, we didn't really talk about um, Black Girls Rock just because it aired really close to us recording and we didn't have time to watch it. But Black Girls Rock came on. Did you get a chance to watch it or to watch any clips or anything? I literally, um, I watched the clips, watched some of the music and um, some of the honorees. Okay. Um, So this year was hosted by Queen Latifah again. And of course, she's amazing. She always does a great job. And I'm just going to, I don't want to talk about everyone. I mean, we can talk about whoever you want to talk about, but I wasn't going to necessarily talk about everyone who was nominated, but I was just going to run down the list. So we had Lena Waithe, Naomi Campbell, Tarana Burke, Mary J. Blige, Judith Jameson, and Janet Jackson. Now, Doyen, you may not know this about me, but... (laughs) I'm a bit of a uh, Mary J. Blige stan, okay? Uh, Picture fifth grade Chris in the living room, decorating the Christmas tree, singing real love to the top of my lungs. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really nice to see Mary and um, to hear the Felicia Rashad gave the Uh, presented Mary with her award and to hear the nice things that she had to say about her to see one legend recognizing another and to to hear Mary say you know that she didn't always understand or realize that she does indeed rock and I think a lot of us you know go through that yeah so um, I actually had it down in my notes both Mary J and Janet said that they didn't feel like they rocked at first and, you know, to us, it looks so crazy because it's like, you know, Jada was, like, always famous. Always. You know, like Mary J. Blige has been legit for most of my life. So, to me, it just got me thinking further. Um, why do you think that, you know, Mary J. Blige and Janet Jackson could not see that they rock at first? Um... That's a that's a good question. I think with Mary, it's a lot different than with Janet because, you know, Mary grew up in Yonkers and the projects. And I think that she was in a situation where she may have not had as many times to shine or as much opportunity to shine. Uh, she comes from a very musical family, so I think she was in tune with her gift kind of early on, but I don't think she, you know, saw herself as, she didn't see herself on television. She didn't get that opportunity. And I think for Janet, it was just an issue of, you know, growing up in some very huge shadows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, think? Uh, and the funny thing about it is, like, they both could list, like, people in their life that they saw, you know, that weren't even celebrities, like their family and things like that. And they saw them and you they recognized that they rocked, but it was it just took more time for them to recognize that they rocked 
like individually. Right. Uh, do you think that is like specific to like our race and gender, like that we have such like a cognitive distance, distance between think, like, who we think we are and who others think we are? I think so. I think it just has to do with uh, representation because representation does matter. And even though it may be better now, it's we still have a long way to go. So I, I think so. I personally always feel like like, oh, I'm going to get found out. Like, I'm really I'm really not this expert at what I do, like I proclaim to be. <laughs> and that's not true. I'm the bomb at what I do. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that was going to be my next question. So when did you realize you rock? Um, I, I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> I do think I rock. Um, I've never, I've never had an issue with, um, I've never doubted myself as far as like growing up or anything like that, but I, I, I've always just had that fear, like somebody's going to find out I'm faking it, even though I'm really not faking it, but it was just always that in the back of your mind, like, oh my God, I can't believe they bought this. Yeah. (laughs) Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. I was trying to think of the term and I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. I mean, I think too. To some extent, there's times when I feel like I rock. Uh, there's times when, you know, people are talking to me about things and I rattle something off and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm actually good at this. Um, <laughs> I don't feel at the moment that I fully rock. And I think at the end of the day, even with, you know, Mary and Janet, I think there's a difference between like knowing you're good and fully like appreciating yourself. I hope mm. at some point in my 30s I might get to that space, but it is it is a work in progress. And so it's just kind of like understanding that, hey, I'm going to mess a lot of things up, but I'll be fine because I can I, get through this. I think for me that that may be just an ongoing thing. <laughs> I I do know that I'm great, but... I do still sometimes allow other people to frustrate me to a point. Um, like there have been plenty of times where I've had to go into the bathroom at work and have my Issa moment, except I'm I'm not mirror bitch, like I'm not rapping, but I do look at myself in the mirror and I'll say like, girl, listen, and I'll call my full name and I'm like, oh, okay, you don't forget who you are. You got this. You can you can do anything. What what are you what are you worried about? Get it together. Get back out there. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And it was just amazing to like. It was just such a fangirl moment. I loved um, Fantasia. I wasn't really sure what was happening at the end. I didn't know if she's having like a Holy Ghost spirit moment or what. But <laughs> listen, Fantasia is just. I've just come to the conclusion that she's just a performer. She's just an entertainer. And she was just, I mean, I think I mentioned this before that you can tell a difference in these tributes when black people are at the table designing the tributes for other black people. It was just amazing because I I mean, I technically Fantasia wasn't a part of the Aretha Franklin tribute, but she did her own little thing at the beginning. It was amazing. And then the official tribute was amazing yeah we we did a good job you know who 
you know, BT doesn't do that all the time, but we get a tribute. <laughs> yes, that is the one thing we get good. And I'm going to tell you who deserves the tribute. I show up when I'm supposed to and do what I'm supposed to award, Miss y- Yolanda Adams. She, I, I've not seen her in a tribute yet, but she does yeah. not bring and do what she's supposed to bring and do. You know, like, because uh, she just became honorary. So I'd be like, oh, sore. <laughs> being a neo about her (laughs) (laughs) um so throughout the um throughout the awards they do these little um vignettes where they're honoring um other black girls who may not be celebrities or what they have done may not be on such a huge stage and one of the honorees was naomi wattler and i just wanted to shout her out and um wow like I was amazed at the 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 I guess the sincerity and the thought that she had so what she did was staged a walkout at her school um to in remembrance of those students who have been murdered during school shootings and what she decided to do is add an extra minute to the walkout that they did at her school in memory of Cortland Ayrton, who was shot and killed at a school in Alabama. And did you know about Cortland Arrington? No, I've never heard of that. Exactly. Exactly. So this, this was an incident that happened at a school in Alabama that is predominantly Black and no, no one's heard of this. No one heard that this even happened. Now, it just so happened that I did, but that was circumstantial that I heard that it happened, but I never knew the young lady's name who lost her life during that. Um, so Naomi said, you know what? I'm tired of these things always happening to children who look like me, but you don't see the world news covering when it happens to someone who looks like me. So I'm going to add an extra minute for uh, for Cortland Arrington, for uh, all of the little girls, and for all of the children, period, who look like me, who go through this, and it's never heard about. And to be, I'm actually shocked because I feel like usually Twitter will let us know, but even harder is like, it's even harder to get the awareness out about Black women victims, I feel like. Yes, yes. And um, also, before we leave this segment, I just want to say that's all you, <laughs> I, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I am ready to settle down and just make a home with Lena Waithe. I know she has a fiance and her fiance <laughs> is lovely and I'm not trying to break up their happy home, but if she ever feels like She's not getting what she needs. I think I could try it out. I just think I could try it out. <laughs> I just love Lena Waithe and I love her sincerity and I love her openness. And she gave an amazing speech about letting go of things that are not serving you. And we all have had those times in our lives when we need to get rid of things that aren't serving us. Oh, you know it. That's that's what year 30 is about. Just get rid of everything. I'll come back if I need it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> uh, somewhat related. <laughs> so this week, our poor life decision is talking about adult friendships and um, the downside of adult friendships, which is adult breakups with your friends. Um, so I feel like, I guess once I finished college is when I started to, um, feel that kind of tension and those cracks in my friendships where like the people you no longer saw every day, some of them remember you and talk to you sometimes. And I'm not even the type of friend where you have to talk to me every day. You did not talk to me for six months. And I'm fine. Yeah. But the only thing is, when you do talk to me, you better not need something. (laughs) You better literally just, you know, care about me and want to know what's going on. And I'm the same way. But um, once I finished college and, you know, moved away from these people and things like that, you could start to tell the people who are just really your acquaintances, somebody you hang out with, not really like a true friend, definitely not a best friend. Yeah. And then, um, much like Insecure, I feel like as I've gotten older, and this is kind of the point of age where I'm at, where it's like people are having kids, they're getting married. And so, like, their responsibilities have changed. And it doesn't necessarily mean, again, I think it's at the end of the day, it's just at your core knowing yeah. if you care for me and want me a part of your life, even though you might be more busy now compared to people who just, you know, want to be my friend because we've always been friends, but don't really want to put any effort into continuing the friendship. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of insecure, <clears throat> excuse me, we had, this was one of our more serious moments that we have with Kelly because Kelly is always so fun and, we kind of saw this breakdown coming last week or week before last, whenever. But, um, like, I felt that <laughs> when Kelly was like, why does this baby hate me? <laughs> and I'm not trying to be selfish, but I'm losing my best friend to a goddamn baby. Why does that baby hate me? <laughs> and do what that baby do. What are y'all doing out here? What I see happening a lot, and we did see this some in the episode, too, is that my friends who have gotten married um, or had children, specifically those who get married, they start to want to be around other people who are married and have children. And, you know, sometimes that that feels really bad to lose your friend that way. Yeah, especially when you, you ain't got nothing going on. Like, it feels like you're being treated differently and it's not your fault that you ain't got no husband or no kid. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and that what you almost said about, like, I don't have anything going on. You know, it makes me angry that don't treat me like I don't have anything going on just because I don't have a child or a exactly. husband. But that is how <laughs> that is how it, it comes out sometimes. Yeah. And then I think part of it was with Kelly, it was like, okay, so... Issa and Molly, literally, their heads are up their butts. They don't care what's going on. But Kelly actually offered in the fact that you were just, like, shut her down. <laughs> that, listen, that hurts. I mean, that hurts. I've not had that exact scenario. Yeah. But to, to, to watch your friend 
pull towards someone who's not even as close of a friend to them as you are just because you have this one thing that's alike. Yeah. So, I mean, y'all know I'm the queen of passive aggression. So there's a lot of times, like I said, if I had decided that we really aren't like that true of friends, I think I would have just, you know, I will let things dwindle off. I don't feel the need to like have a conversation because it's not even necessary. It's just, you're not missing me. You're not looking for me. <laughs> I yeah. can hide and go. But how do you think um, we should approach when it is a friend like uh Tiffany, is that her name? Yeah. I kind of, I always want to call her Amanda Seals. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw her in, uh, at a comedy show. But, um, like... Was she good? Is she funny as a comic? Yeah, but it was kind of, as far as her comedy show went, it was mostly like a black, uh, it was just a black ass show. But okay. there was like a big, like, black game show within it. So it was... It was 100% a safe space. Like, you just felt like you're in there and everybody knew you. Or at least, you know, we all grew up in that environment and things like that. So it was really fun. Um, but back to conversation. Yes. Like, if this was to occur, and especially Tiffany doesn't seem apologetic about it, do you think this is a situation where it warrants a friend breakup? Um, I don't know. That's hard to answer. For me, if, if, if I were Kelly, I would probably pull away some, I would probably do the fade away. Yeah. Um, I, I would let her know that she hurt my feelings, but I would do the fade away. Because um, you're right. She didn't have any, she, I, I'm just now thinking about that. She didn't show any remorse. Yeah. And the thing about it is also, um, I mean, this is just starting to happen. So I might see how things go for like next six months or a year. If she continues to put other people ahead of our friendship. Um, and not just like, I don't care about your kid or your husband. That's why. But like this other person that you barely knew and you nurture that friendship and you don't nurture ours. I think yeah. there would come a point where there would be a friend breakup. So I did a light Google and um, I found a great story for, from her stories project. And they were talking about, um, they actually published a book called My Other Ex, Women's True Stories of Leaving and Losing Friends. And it does talk about uh, women who, you know, ended their friendships and broke up with their friends. Um, like I said, there's, to some extent, there's some friendships that are just very situational. So when I moved to Dallas, uh, I used to hang out with girls that want to go out every weekend. Yeah. I don't want to go out every weekend. <laughs> and so very soon, like, the, you know, friendship came to a close. But I don't think, like, we have hard feelings against each other. It's just I knew that that's not what was yeah. going to happen. You know, we weren't going to nurture that. And actually, yesterday, I was listening to Joyce Meyer, and she said that um, if we, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. Yes. And so as far as friendship goes, like I said, you don't have to talk to me every day. I'm very bad at everyday communication. Um, but 
you know, if you check in, be like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Like one of my Facebook posts. You know, that still feeds it to some extent. It does. Like, never, ever, ever talking to me. It does. Um, because I am horrible at calling people. But I'll text you and ask you, you know, hey, what's up? What's been going on? <laughs> but I'm horrible at calling people. If I could teach my granny how to text, life <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. um, well, looking at like the types of breakups. So let's 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 take a slight pivot. So this Monday for our movie, we we watched. Uh, who picked this movie? Rebecca. <laughs> Okay, so we watched this movie, Boy Bye, starring the illustrious Miss Wendy Raquel Robinson. And uh, there's a situation in the movie where her friends really, they really thought they were doing what was best, but it wasn't. It was really kind of messed up. And she decided to end their friendship, which I mean, they made up in the end, but how are you doing when you go through something that like this hurts me, even when you know that person, their intention is they mean, well, how do you handle situations like that? Um, I don't know. I have a discerning spirit. So I feel like (laughs) in general, like if I already peep that somebody doesn't mean me well, um, I start, you know, choking that, friendship flower real quick (laughs) yeah at the same time it's like it's kind of weird in that kind of friendship dynamic it's the same thing that happened in insecure same thing that happened in girls trip where it's like some friends are really close and then there's other people that you close to because you're your friend's friend by proxy yeah because you have to be yeah and um so in the article um there was a hyperlink to another mini article within the article <laughs> and it was just talking it was just talking about signs that your friendship is over but one of the things that it said was that you feel in your gut that that friendship is toxic and yeah. when you said that you have a discerning spirit like that made me think about that whole concept because I did have a, a really close friend that constantly you know this girl do I think she loves me? Yes. Do I think she intentionally would hurt me? Uh, not really. But she continued to do things that were just toxic. She continued to do things that really hurt me. And she's and when I brought it to her attention, because that's the deal. I'm yeah. going to bring it to your attention. When I brought it to her attention, she wasn't remorseful to me. She wasn't. And she gave me a non-apology. And in saying, well, I'm sorry if I did anything to hurt you. So that's a non-apology to me. And, and so even... We, sorry. I was going to say, <laughs> we have a this podcast two episodes in <laughs> that Chris needs her apology. We cannot not apologize to Chris. Because <laughs> I am so big on... Because I apologize, even though it's hard. Now, the only way only way I owe you an apology and I haven't given it to you is because I don't know that I did something to offend you or to hurt you. So that yeah. it wasn't my attention and I didn't know. So if you bring it to my attention, I'm going to apologize. And I've even had, you know, I'll apologize to people before that I didn't really want to. 
So I apologize for what I truly was sorry for. So uh, I apologized to a superior of mine once at work. And I said, you know, I apologize for my tone because I was wrong and I should not have come at you like that. And I made sure to include, but I meant what I said because I said what I said. <laughs> but I was sorry for my tone because I, I didn't mean to come at, come across that way, but I meant what I said. But anyway, um, yeah. That was so, that was a first I'd actually like to go through this list of the seven signs. Oh, go ahead. Hopefully it won't take horribly long. But uh number one was the relationship is unbalanced. So it just seems like the relationship is one-sided. Uh you constantly texting her, seeing how she's doing. Yeah. She never ever, 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 ever texts you. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the flip side, it could be like other people where they're kind of like super needy. They hit you up when they need things and or like they're in their feelings, but they never, again, like they'll talk to you about all their issues, never even say, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you have going on? Yeah. And so, I mean, it is very easy to get selfish and kind of one-sided because again, at the end of the day, your brain is thinking about you and your survival, but it's just, you know, common courtesy to like also check on your friends. Right. Like I never get upset if a friend calls me or and is going on and on about something that's happening right now or if it's something that they've been dealing with for a while because you're in it in that moment. But now if you never, ever in life ask me about me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's my problem is when it turns to be like a trend. Why you always call me when you have issues and then never like I can't come to you when I have issues. Right. That's a problem. Um, number two was conversation feels too hard. So, you know, again, sometimes it is like your friends with kids, friends that are married and they only want to talk about their kids (laughs) and you're like, oh, that's fun. I remember to eat that apple before it expired. (laughs) Wow. Kids, man. Kids are wild, man. Um, another one was you don't have fun together. Um, I know from my, like I said, on my side, I don't like going out. So please don't force me out into anybody's club on a consistent basis. Yeah. I really haven't had that issue in a friendship that I, I just, I've never had that issue that I had to break up a friendship because we didn't have fun together. I think I've had quiet breakups like that. <laughs> they didn't know we were breaking up when we were breaking up. Um, but like, especially nowadays, it's just like, I would much rather just sit in the house and, you know, watch Hulu or Netflix and drink some wine. And so that's like, that's my quality time friendship things that I like to do. Um, number four was after spending time together, you find yourself annoyed and drained. Um, to some extent, like I have friends that are just so much more high energy than me that yes. once I'm done, I'm like, okay, I got to yes. go sit in a room around nobody. Yes. <laughs> or as I've gotten older, I found I find that I have friends that are very problematic and sometimes it's to the point where I can't overlook it. So I yeah. find myself suppressing everything I want to say. So at the end, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that or like they're just always like negative. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing that like really drains my energy. Negativity makes you tired. Yeah. Especially if it's your negativity, it's not even mine. 
yes. And then um, number five was it's only through social media that you often find out what's going on in her life. And especially if it is like a nearby friend and you're like, oh, you didn't happen. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I have a very close friend. I mean, I don't know how close we are anymore, but I, we were close. And now it's like, once again, marriage, children, all those things. And all that's great and fine. Like, I'm happy for you, but I never talk to you anymore. Yeah. And when I try to engage with you, I rarely get a response. But you are on social media all the time. And that's that's hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, well, I uh, I called out one of my friends because she I would be texting her and like I just see the read receipt and I'm like, look, you are not gonna be light skinned. Answer my text. <laughs> <laughs> read receipts are the devil, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it all the time, so okay. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. And I was like, ooh, well, listen, the first time that we text want each other one-on-one and i saw that doyen had her read receipts on i was like "Ooh, she brazen because <laughs> usually i don't mean it if i don't respond i just got distracted that's the, that is the Play exact head, same for heart. me that, that that is the exact same for me like most of the time i'm doing something else i'll look at the text and say okay and then i move on to something else right and i've never answered you yeah but i just don't feel the need to like remove my read receipts because I did what I did. Um, <laughs> um, number six was you don't act like yourself when you're together. And so, like, as, as I get older, um, I very much don't like to be around people where I cannot be my authentic self with. Like, yeah. I just I just want to be me. I'm a little goofy. Um, yeah. And that's it. Like, you better love this goofiness or go somewhere. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I am past the point of people telling me I'm weird, which I don't care because I, I am weird. I do like um, a myriad of things. and But it's like I, I'm past the point of having to only do this one thing because that's all y'all are interested in. Like if you want to pick what we do today, that's fine. But I'm going to pick what we do tomorrow. Yeah. I've got to say, I have a black girl that loves Hamilton Yesterday, yes. I realized that Six Lack is black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Dorian so much. I was talking to my boyfriend about it. He's like, um, his name is Black. I'm like, well, then why is it spelled Six Lack? And I meant to ask, like, I, legit, I was listening because I just got a chance to listen to his album uh, this week. At, well, yesterday. And I meant to ask in the group chat, had y'all listened yet? What do you think? Or whatever. And it would have just warmed my little heart to hear you call him Six Slack. <laughs> yeah, there's this song, I mean, this shirt going around on the internet that's like, I like coffee and like three people. That's me with music. Like, I just... I listened to. I was still bumping coloring book like it came out yesterday. I love coloring <laughs> but, book. And the funny thing, I have a funny story about me and Becca because um, we were roommates for a little bit, and Unfaithful Rihanna came out, and I love that song. So I listened I to it like every day, twice a day. And Rebecca was about to kill me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I don't really need new music. I just like to listen to the same music over and over again. Girl. No, <laughs> no, you know, I love everything. If it sounds good, I like it. 
I I love rap, hip hop, R and B, all the above. You know, I'm crazy about my angsty white girl depression music. I love it. And I was so happy when you put me on a Hamilton because I, I kept hearing people talk about how good the soundtrack was, but I was like, I cannot listen to this if I haven't seen the play. <laughs> and then when I realized that it may be a while before I see the play, right. I you went ahead. I went ahead and I'm so <laughs> glad. I actually listened to it this weekend because I was having a, I was in a little funk and I had to get myself out of it. Oh, also, I've been fantasizing about Destiny's Child playing the Skylar sisters or <gasps> singing the Skylar sisters. And um, it's like a whole thing. Cause I was like, okay, so naturally Michelle's going to be uh, Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> um, Kelly's going to be Angelica. Really? Because at the end of the day, you know, like she allowed Eliza to take the spotlight and yeah. make Alexander. And I feel like that's, somewhat what Kelly does some days like it's just we love Kelly it's just we don't have things to like stand about right now with Kelly it's like she hasn't come out with music for a long time but it's like I love Kelly I probably love Kelly an inch more than Beyonce I just Beyonce comes out with albums (laughs) you know (laughs) what I used to I used to feel that way about Kelly I used to feel like oh I think I love her a little bit more but uh and maybe I do still, I don't know. But I think it's what you said, it's the music. And to be honest, Kelly has some songs that I love, but Kelly has a hard time finding her 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 niche. And she really just needs to find an area and, sh- and shine in that area. And she keeps trying to do different things. And then she yeah. finds a formula that works and then she keeps repeating it. And I don't want to hear that same formula over and over again. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So I think she has a weird niche in Japan. But, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think, and I, did, I think at the end of the day, she's probably just also tired of trying to, like, yes. get out from Beyonce's under, you know, she shadow. Uh, same thing with Solange. But Solange kind of has her own niche. Of, like, but see, exactly. Solange does have her own thing. And nothing irks me more than when people try to get me to compare the two of them. And I'm like, yeah, you can't. They do two different things. Yeah. That took a Beyonce turn. It doesn't take much for us to take a Beyonce turn. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she'd probably like one day just count how long it takes. <laughs> it's not okay, so the last point was uh, you feel like you're suffocating in the relationship. Um, so they say you feel like you, you've given so much of yourself, but it's never enough. Or she may be controlling or needy or possessive. Uh, you feel like she needs you for everything, including validation or all of the above. Again, stuff like that, because it drains me to some extent, I just kind of you know, start to inch away <laughs> very quickly. Uh, or not very quickly, but like, I like to see patterns in people's behavior and understand it and realize that, hey, I'm not going to be everything for her. And, you know, she has to find it herself. Do you think friendships are like relationships in the sense that we get what we attract. Like it's if I keep attracting needy friends, there's something about me that's pulling these people to me. Do you feel that way? Um, first of all, I think friendships are better than relationships because we oh, actually yeah. give <laughs> like a 
you know, the learning curve that we don't allow relationships to be in. Yes. But at the same time... Also, I'm not um, trying to get in your pants, so it makes it, like, easier for us to just be ourselves. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to, like, fret about who I am. Exactly. But to some extent, yeah, I mean... I think when you are like such a giving person, you're such a healing person, you might start to attract people that require healing. And like I said, I'm just, I'm really just, I sense so much about people. Um, I'm an ENFP. So like, I really do sense a lot about people. And so, you know, I know when I'm giving too much and when you need to like, find somewhere else to receive (laughs) you know like yeah I don't know but because at the end of the day like I have so many different types of friends and so I do have friends that like are my fun going out friends and I have friends that are like um introverted so I'm their fun going out friends (laughs) you know and things like that so it really is like none of my friendships are the same because we kind of give and take to each other in different ways yeah. How about you? Um, I do think that I uh, I just recently had that epiphany, that light bulb just go off. And it's like, I think I'm attracting these people because they need me. And not yeah. not not in a needy, like possessive type of way, but yeah. it's like I always it seems like I always attract friends who um maybe need to move in a certain direction and need me to push them. Or need uh, a lot of encouragement. And I find myself seeing one problem that I've had in a couple of friendships. Is that mm-hmm. I, when I look at this person, I see who they can be. And I see them as this, not that who they are isn't enough. Because that's not the case at all. But yeah. if, I hear, if I hear you talk about something you want to do. And something you want to achieve. And I'm like, you know what? You can't do that. And then I find myself pushing them towards that and everybody didn't want to be pushed and everyone isn't ready to be pushed yeah yeah I am um, both in my dating life <laughs> and my friendship <laughs> have like picked up on some fixer-uppers <laughs> same and, um, just trying to help people reach their potential because as I get older I'm realizing that like you know, part of it is they have to be willing to help uh, reach their potential as well. But um, at the end of the day, the story or the article says, um, I always try to end a relationship, which, and it says, whether it is romantic or platonic, with kindness and respect. Yeah. Um, this is one, someone that you care about deeply and maybe still do. and You deserve that much. Once you've made the decision, you want to end it, and you do not want to keep the door open for future reconciliations. You have two basic options, fade away or initiate a formal end. So, as a cancer, um, (laughs) this whole, like, closing the door thing can be a little bit hard. Um, But at the same time, like I said, I know I usually typically fade away. Um, I don't think... I don't remember a time in any recent history where I was like, hey, this friendship isn't working out. I got to go. How about you? Um, so I'm really good at the fade away. 
but um, I I actually did end a very good friendship. Well, it wasn't good, but it was a very close friendship once. And that was the worst breakup I've ever had in my life. And because of that, I tend to fade away more now yeah. um, just because I was at a different place than where she was. And when I came to, I mean, I went to her and said, I think we need a break. And um, it, she just, like I said, she wasn't in the same place where I was. And she called me, uh, she said I was cold and, you know, that happens to Aquarius a lot, but it wasn't that I was cold. It's that I had agonized over this decision for a long time. I was all cried out. Like yeah. I'm the world's biggest crybaby, and I had cried. She's like, I can't believe you're sitting there like that, and you just can cut this off like this. And I'm like, girl, but you were mean to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly didn't intend for the friendship to end. I really did intend for us to have a break in order to save our friendship. And, um, but it ended up coming to an end and it is what it is. We're cool. If we see each other, we speak. Um, but so after that, and after going through that and it felt like a breakup, like my chest was heavy. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was missing class. I mean, it, it felt like a breakup. So after that, I just kind of perfected the, you know, um, <laughs> I, I perfected the fade. Now I'm quick to let you know when you hurt my feelings, yeah. especially, especially if I think you did not intend to, because I don't want you to repeat it. Now, if I think you did it on purpose, then you know what? I'm gonna be done with you anyway. But I, I, I perfected the fade away after that. Yeah. And I think, especially when it comes to like, um, a confrontation like that, I feel like if I was to come up to somebody and then they got emotional about it, I'm like, just kidding. I want to be your best friend forever. <laughs> and so I just to avoid me backtracking, I just quietly fade. And I hope nobody who's listening to this podcast is like, oh, did she fade away from being my friend? Because I love you guys. So well, <laughs> you know what, though? I did have someone fade on me. And uh, I guess later on she decided that she needed to tell me what happened and so we were we ended up we were going to the same place to a party um and so she was like come pick me up let's ride together and I was like okay and I'm I mean I'm like where we hadn't talked in forever and whatever so on the ride there is when she told me and I was butt hurt I was so hurt because not because you decided for us not to be friends anymore but because First of all, I vaguely remember what you're talking about, and why didn't yeah. you say something? Like I did, I didn't, I didn't even mean. I didn't even know what I was doing. Why didn't you say something? So you know, uh, the moral of the story is: <laughs> hearts are gonna get broken either way it goes. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, like. I think you just have to begin to be true to yourself, especially as we are through these transitioning ages. Um, yeah. Like Leland Wave says, like, stop putting energy in things that don't give you energy back. And that's not being selfish. Like, that's not being selfish. Take care of you. Yeah, like I said, there's just different types of friends. There are friends that I can go to like oh, I'm just having a bad day and they know exactly what to say there's yeah. other friends that are like hey I need to get out of this house and they know exactly where to go <laughs> and so like 
It doesn't have to be. I definitely don't go to my social friends and be like, hey, I'm having a bad day because I don't want to not feel supported. And so exactly. it's kind of cultivating um, relationships that work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Man, friends. <laughs> How many of us have them? I was so surprised. <laughs> I bet you didn't think I'd be there. <laughs> no, I was... I, 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 I really expected you to break out singing the Friends theme song. (laughs) But no, but that's okay because I love it. I'll be there for you. Yeah. Oh, when I was young, I was in a beginner band and they gave us a Friends like song. Uh huh. Played it once and my band director was like, please give me that music back or never (gasps) play it again. (laughs) (gasps) Y'all butchered Friends. I mean, we're all like maybe one year out of beginner band, so nobody is really that good at playing, anyways. But she's I mean, like, I was beginner band too. She's <laughs> like, please hand me that music back. I never play that again. Yeah, I had her questioning everything in life. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt and Rachel and Phoebe and <laughs> Ross. Did you forget Monica? And My Monica. fave. <laughs> oh. So we're coming up to our favorite part of the show. And that is where we like to take a moment and buy a drink for someone who deserves. You know what? Buy a drink, buy a round. So, Doyen, who are you buying a drink for? Um, so in light of the Black Girls Rock mm-hmm. um, events where they had like the most just like random award names. <laughs> okay. I have the Black Girls Whiskey Award yes. for Chris because I feel like I want you to know that you freaking rock. And oh, really? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and I'm just so happy that you did decide to hop on this podcast journey um, oh. with me. And um, I just love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> and it is my pleasure. I will take two Manhattans. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this week, I'm going to buy a drink for Miss Tarana Burke. Um, Tarana was one of the honorees for Black Girls Rock. And... You've probably heard her name before. I hope that you have. She is a civil rights activist and uh, she started several uh, groups uh, for young girls in her, in her work. But what she's most famous for is her, her beginning, the Me Too movement. And I just, I don't even have the words for how much I think of her and what I think of her. She always has the most poise, the most grace, and in a situation where someone else may not handle it as well, the fact that something that you created was essentially taken from you to represent a group that does not look like you. And 
she handles it so well because she gets the big picture and I am learning how to get the big picture and things. So Ms. Tyrone Burke, I want to buy you two or three drinks, girl. But not in Manhattan. There's other drinks out there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love Manhattan. So what are you talking about? <laughs> so friends, it has been another delightful podcast episode with the ladies of Poor Life Decision. Our website is out and just fine and super fun. Uh, if you want to see us or visit us on our website, it's www.poorlifedecision, one decision, not two, dot com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it is the same at Poor Life Decision. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Pod. And we would love to hear from you. We just kind of want to know what you think about this. Follow and us and talk to us. Yeah, please talk to us. We need uh, more friends. We do. We're we don't make up with half of Okay, well, if that's it, then we'll see y'all later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.